PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to a shit. Gentlemen, welcome to episode 444 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, chilling in the studio, doing the thing. It's a it's a July weekend. That's all the info you're getting. With me is Drew Sakagran. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I love how specific yet vague it was. Try to be specifically yeah. vague. I want people to feel like that they know me and they know us and they're here with us. Even though they don't. But also, I don't want, I don't want these people anywhere near me. No. No, stay away. Agreed. Stay away. Yep. Stay away. Don't interact with me online. To, uh, continue to not interact with me online. <laughs> continue to not approach me in public. That's what I'm assuming is happening. Everywhere I go, I assume someone's like, it's that guy, but then they don't. Mm, but, then, but then they don't come up to me, and I like I respect that I think, restraint. Everywhere, I think, everywhere I go, Drew, people restrain. I think maybe you're a little full of yourself. You think so? Maybe here we go. just a little bit. I appreciate, I appreciate the ego check right into the boards. What a shot from number twelve, Drewster Cogburn, putting Chris Crespo into the hospital. Hockey. Okay. Hockey was a thing recently, I think. Oh. I'm trying to pretend to branch out, get more people interested in the... Okay. So, guys, uh, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I have a thin media diet this week, so... <laughs> trying to, uh... What's, what's that sound? Is it the sound of burning time? That's what's going... No, it's... Seriously, though, we do have some stuff to talk about. Drista Cogburn, we saw Marvel's Black Widow. Correct. Which is the first Marvel movie in theaters, if I'm not mistaken, since Spider-Man colon uh, Far From Home. Yes, correct. Which was... Which is technically a Sony movie. Sony's, right? But it but it so, is MCU, though, because it's all about, like, this the blip, as it's called. It coins it as the yeah, blip. Uh-huh. And, is that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Does that then, what about... Tom Hardy is Venom. Is he going to be? It's like a Jason. He could be, maybe not. Perhaps. If Sony gets its way, I don't know. That's weird, right? That's weird. I mean, Marvel Elseworlds. It is the multiverse, so that allows Marvel to now really do whatever the fuck they want. They have now started really getting into that. You the see, weirdness, yes, and also yes. they dropped that "What If" trailer. I didn't see the "What If" trailer. It's a, it's a fun little trailer, giving you a little more of yeah. what they're going to do with but that. But I show. am caught up on Loki, so yeah, Ooh, yeah, Loki. Oh, wait, one, only one go. <laughs> I hope that final. I hope that Loki finale is like eight hours long. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I, I hope so. It's so the show is so good. Uh, yes, and that was June of. Oh, your phone's making the oh. thing. June 2019. There was already going to be a year between Marvel releases, which yeah. is a bit of a, a bit of a jump for them, and then it ends up being two years. That's a long ass time. It's fine. It gives them time to build up so they can just blow their load this year with like, here's a movie, here's a movie, here's a movie, here's a movie, and by the way, here's a movie for the next eighteen months. Eighteen months, we're gonna get a Marvel movie every other month. 
We're getting nine Marvel movies over the next eight. Isn't that crazy? So ridiculous. I mean, three <laughs> three a year was already pushing it. Yeah. Like, I mean, almost one a quarter, and now they're like, no, we're going we're going off now, guys. We, we put them out on Labor Day. They're coming out in the middle of October. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, damn. Um, can you look up Black Widow? Uh, it's Friday. We're recording this on Saturday because I got things to do on a Sunday. I'm not trying to make this a regular thing where we record on Saturdays, but it's just two weeks from the way it happened. The uh, box office was projected to be looking at eighty million over three day based on its uh, pretty good Thursday and a, and I think a solid Friday. Uh, Friday thirty nine point five. Just for Friday, yeah. that probably counts Thursday night. But damn, so we're looking at yeah eighty to hundred million dollar opening weekend. Well, I guess movies are back. They are getting there. <laughs> they are getting there. Uh, so, uh, Frank, or or at least Marvel movies are back. Marvel movies, big movies, <laughs> movies that people want to see are back. Uh, as as well as a good a quiet place part two has done. There is also still so like the overall box office obviously is still down from a couple years ago from pre COVID. Uh, you know, you're at 2019. I looked this up. 2019 stretch of like a uh, stretch of six weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to the past six weekends, uh, like for example, for the past six weeks outside of this uh, Black Widow, each weekend has averaged like seventy million dollars total for yeah. all of box office, yeah. right? Uh, and that's obviously being driven. Like the first three of those weeks would be um, Quiet Place Part Two, and then the last two or three is uh, Fast Nine. Yeah, nine colon saga continues and uh the the equivalent six weeks in 2019 the total box office was 170 million so it's not even at like 50 percent of what the box office potential could have been but then also there's not that many movies out no. you know we so our theater is a 20 screen i wonder if we're gonna see a thing where big theaters like this are not gonna i don't know we'll see it's a 20 screen theater Eight screens, seven screens dedicated Black to Black Widow. There were still at see least, it whenever you want to see it, right? Whenever you want to see it, come see it. Uh, but there were still three or four empty auditoriums, so they still don't have all like enough movies for for every screen. It seems like, which is kind of I don't know where where all the movies at, man. They're gonna start coming out. Yeah, they'll They're be gonna, here soon. They'll be here very soon. Uh, it's funny. Every almost every trailer we saw. In front of Black Widow, they were all like coming out in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, at least yeah. I won't have to see this uh, trailer a thousand times. Yeah, and everything's coming out the goddamn August twentieth. It seems. Mm. Although I could watch that Green Knight trailer every day and, trailer. and be happy. That's a great trailer. Seems to give way more beats of the actual story. Obviously, uh, I, I, I guarantee you it doesn't. <laughs> I, I always enjoy those more enigmatic like teaser trailers that they give you up front. It's like, ooh, what the, what the fuck is that? I don't know. Just if you find out in a year. <laughs> One year has... <laughs> oh, now I get it. <laughs> now I get it. So, uh, Black Widow. We saw it. Mm-hmm. Drew Sakagbun. Chris Crossbow. We've had time to digest it and think about it. Mm-hmm. It's in our brains. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I, I was happy to see Rachel Weisz in the MCU. Hell yeah, Rachel Weisz bringing that, uh, that gravitas. She's... She she knows what she's doing. Yeah, <laughs> she always knows what movie she's in, whether and, it's the Mummy or Constant Gardener. Yeah, right, a- exactly. And uh, of all the fake Russian accents, hers is probably the best. And not only that, dude. Not <laughs> only that, dude. She's doing. She's an English woman doing it. I think a flawless American accent. You know, I like to be hard yeah. on the accents. I think she does an almost flawless American accent in the beginning, and then she has to switch to fucking doing Russian and shit. Get yeah. the fuck out of here! Uh-huh. What a what a goddamn talent! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, Ray Winstone. 
It's great. The opposite accent wise, oh, or this guy the, cannot. The war. He was probably the worst part of the Russian accent. I wonder if he was even trying. Every now and then, every, I, every once in a while, he tried. I think he but turned, not for the most part. He turned his W's to V's, and that was it. <laughs> Otherwise, it sounds like Ray Winstone. Yeah. I cannot sound not like Ray Winstone at yeah. all times. Uh-huh. It's crazy. But yeah. really, he's great though. He's, he's nice to see. Very menacing. Yes. Um, it's good to see him. And then you know, it's also cool where this movie is sort of like the big bad villain is the. Uh, the mastermind guy isn't also the brawn. I like yeah. I, I like that the brain and the brawn are, mm-hmm. are, are separate and uh, appropriately menacing when he has his, his scenes. Yeah. Also, I like the way he looked with those glasses. Mm-hmm. Look pretty good. I I, I kind of wish he'd be, he'd pulled a sexy beast though and just like showed up with a gold <laughs> chain and a pair of speedos, just it, like <laughs> he, was, he was. You know, Howard Howard Hughes, and it might as well be like who's he dressing up for, <laughs> right? Yeah, his widows. Uh, yeah, well, all right. Keep going. Give me some more. Uh, other thoughts. F- Florence Pugh was fine. I like Pugh. I like the Pugh. She was fine. Her yeah. her accent work wasn't so great. It was spotty. There were times where but I was so like, was Scarlett Johansson's. So well, Scarlett Johansson. This movie like reminded <laughs> me that the character even is Russian, and yeah. I think she spoke with the Russian accent in Iron Man Two a little bit, maybe. And, and then as the movies have worn on, and she's had more screen time, she's just dropped that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm an American. Mm-hmm. American accent. Um, yeah, it's like when it does come, I was like, why? Why is it? Why even the the Russian accent thing is yeah. is strange? And yeah, her accent was, eh, but that's like the last of all the things that she brings to the table. That's like, yeah, sure, you can get away with, I guess, some dodgy accent work there. And I, I also enjoyed how they tried to make light of the hysterectomy. <laughs> they did. I mean, <laughs> it, it, takes, t- it takes a. Female director and a female writer to be like, we're gonna take this plot point and like really, like this. Well, is, no, this, this is how this, we look at this it. This character point. It's a character. It's a character more, it's a more yeah, of a right. character. It is. Trait. You're right. Not a plot point. A yeah. character point. Yes. The um, and it's emphasized the well, hardness no, of the it, red room I, with the villains. Like, I remember. I remember in one of the Marvel movies, like they hint they bring it at up that she, part. Yeah, she talks about being. I guess at, in the movie she called it sterilized. Yeah. Maybe. Uh huh. That was Avengers. I think they may have just been yeah. the Avengers. And even at that point in time, I was like, "Wow, Marvel, you actually w- went there with this." Yeah, like, like I, I mean, I knew that from comic book lore. Sure, but but to bring it up, yeah, like, oh, that's interesting. Exactly. But this movie uh, describes, uh huh, yeah, yeah, in a funny way, yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how on, along those lines they make fun of. Uh, Hero poses. Yes. The hero pose jokes were hilarious. Yeah, all of them. There were yeah. like three separate hero pose jokes, and they were all good. Yeah. They were all good. All coming from Flores Pugh's character. Yeah. I like the her the way they wrote her. Pretty comedic compared to the more uh, straight man, uh, quote, straight man, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then a lot of that comedy then does shift over to our man David Harbour. Oh, well, I mean, he's... He's, I mean, he's part of the protagonist team. Yes, but I wouldn't call him a good guy. No, <laughs> no sort of suit. He, he could pop up on a Suicide Squad if he was a oh, DC easily. character. Yeah, sure. He's he's not a good guy, no. but if he has to do the right thing, maybe he'll do it. But it, but but it, it is it, it is fun to see more super soldiers though. Yes, the the, the Soviet super soldier. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of uh, Harper? What did you think of his performance and all that? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, the the prison scene was great. Probably the, his best sequence yeah. when he were introduced to him in in the prison and all mm-hmm. that. Oh no, I actually I really really enjoyed the whole 
pre-credit essentially intro. Okay. Was there even a credit thing? The whole intro though. Yeah, yeah. The flashback scene. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought that was all really well yeah. done. Yeah, at the, at the airport and everything with the yeah. plane. It's you know, appropriately exciting. Mm-hmm. Music was so... Yeah, yeah. And, and, you, and you, cool. get, you get some cool, you know, like, oh, by the way, this guy's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they throw it in real... Like, oh, okay. I see. <laughs> I see what's going on yeah. here. Oh, yeah, it's a Marvel movie. That's yeah. right. It is... Um, like, since it's dealing with more real... Quote, real world. Like, real people, right? Just like train in a certain way or chemically enhance or whatever like that's all that's going on here there's yeah. no gods there no there's nothing supernatural right yeah. um so it's like captain america winter soldier where it lets you be more um grounded in what you're doing and i think it makes it more accessible to bigger audiences as much as everyone likes guardians of the galaxy i mean th- and all that stuff i it's this when it's more what you can when i can pitch this to my mom as like it's like lady james bond sort of with a flying city just don't just forget about the flying city uh, if i say james bond <laughs> i think that gives you that level of sci-fi-ness uh, instead of volcano lair it's a flying city you know they, i'm surprised they didn't they didn't go for volcano lair. Know, the not? magma protects yeah, the, exactly. the, the rays <laughs> the satellites or some shit you know Ugh. it's a comic book movie right whatever the fuck you want so yeah flying city um cloud city that is pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. Although I imagine you want to go for a stroll outside, and then it's like uh, twenty degrees out there and windy as fuck. <laughs> I was about to say, if you don't have like a safety harness, you're gonna get blown off that thing. I guarantee. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, Drew trying to go out for a cigarette, he's got to put on a safety <laughs> harness, and he walks out there, and then it's like, whoosh, the cigarette just flies out of his gone. mouth. And I don't know. <laughs> That was that. I should be quitting anyway. Uh, yeah, that's very funny. The uh, what you think about speaking of all that? What you think about like the action and stuff? It is I mean, an the, action the, movie. It's a Marvel action movie. It is. It, and has, it's, it has its way. Where I guess they just work with the same teams. Yeah. Right. Where it feels yeah. the same. The, uh, the I, I I do like that that the hand to hand stuff definitely felt. Uh, I, I like how action is becoming John Wicky. Yes, the, where they're like show, they're showcasing what's happening. Hey guys, as opposed to just shaky camp shit. Yeah, these stunt people are working hard to yeah. like convey this. Let's actually uh-huh. show it. Um, there is a lot of like bodies hitting walls and floors and stuff. A lot of hand to hand combat. A lot of hand to hand, good solid uh, stunt work. Yeah, and it was and all some, ladies. And it was, it was like mostly, yeah, mostly, was mostly ladies. Oh yeah. So can we get into the complaints then? Trusa Cogman, where the dudes at? Come on, now I gotta see it. So it's what is this? The feminist agenda? Now I'm not allowed to see a movie about a white man saving the world anymore. I mean, a, a white lady saved the world instead. Nah, I'm, I want dudes. Where are my dudes I, at? David Harbor was there. Mm mm And and the one token dude that he was who was uh, was he cucked at any point? And, oh. and I'm sure oh, so people complain about and, that. And, I, and I'm sure the Taskmaster thing. Was uh, Taskmaster ruined the Taskmaster ruined? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm sure, I'm sure that flip pissed people some people off. Uh, all, I really enjoyed all the Taskmaster. Yeah, I know, stuff. it was fine. I, it, I thought it was a cool I, character design. I kind of caught what was going on. Like I was watching the rest of the movie, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I bet you they, they telegraphed. <laughs> they sort of telegraphed some yeah. shit. Yeah, it, it's not as sneaky as it thinks it is for sure that it's two hour and 15 minute runtime no. seems to justify <laughs> um but I, I like the, the helmet design oh, yeah, i'm I mean, a sucker for a cool mask i like the 
the console, like, oh, the Taskmaster can copy or knows all fighting styles. Yeah. And then it's, like, recognizable, too. Yeah. It's interesting that it is recognizable. No, it, like, it was it, it was fun watching uh, Taskmaster pull the, all the fucking Captain America shit. Yeah, I was like, it's oh, like, yeah. Ooh, bad guy with a shield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then finally, like, Cap was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, like, Cap does have a specific uh, style that they've developed. And, and then I guess when you watch... 23, 24 of these fucking movies, and these things start rubbing off yeah. on you, and you, and you start picking up on, even subconsciously, what they're doing. Uh, that's how that... Now, you've heard it so many times. Even if you only see these movies once each, we've now heard it so many times, like the little Marvel, like, dun, 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 like the yeah. intro, the Avengers theme. It's like it becomes uh, uh, Pavlovian, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, so, so it is interesting that the movie, it's, it's, timeline-wise... It takes place after Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, and that's like eight movies ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, really, it, it's... It's a, back when Scarlett Johansson still had red hair. She had red hair. <laughs> Before she went blonde. But she they do the switch in this movie. In this so. movie. Like, she picks up the blonde yeah. hair dye. And I was like, oh, yeah, isn't she blonde at some point? Yeah. And then there's a thing with a, a, a piece of clothing where I'm like... I bet you she's like wearing that in one of the other movies. Yeah, and I just didn't, never paid attention to that. And then, but there's like a lot of filling in the blanks, or it's like, that's where Hans, that's where Hans Solo got got his name, his name, (laughs) and the dice. Interesting, interesting. The, um, it's it's funny that it's the movie is essentially a Black Widow uh, side quest. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Very little, very little impact seemingly on the overall world of, um, of the MCU, of the overall universe. It's but, just like she went and did her thing. It filled in some story gaps. And then yeah. she's like back to, uh-huh. back to the but sacred it, timeline. E- even still, like how many hundreds of thousands of people died in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> die in this. There's a funny joke about them being killers. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was, yeah, the killers joke was, it was hilarious. That was pretty funny. And I do like how, um, uh, this movie seemingly has the most alcohol consumption of any MCU yeah. movie. Uh-huh. All, they are definitely all drinking, but maybe that's just a Russian thing. That's Chris. what I'm thinking. It's like, is already being sort of like racist or bigoted against Russians? Like, Russian, they have to drink. If they're Irish, would they be drinking too? That, oh, yeah. Except it'd be beer. Maybe St. Slanch a lot. Salon, yeah. Come like, <laughs> the fuck out of here with that. The, um, yeah, at one point, uh, she sits down with her sister and plops down two big old beer bottles. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, like, what else have we seen? characters like just chilling and drinking in these movies the only time i can think of a character drinking imbibing is um devil in a bottle iron man 2 uh and it's fucking him up he's an alcoholic he's like Uh i I can't drink anymore i mean i'm sure there are other scenes where every now and then they're drinking a beer but this one i feel like man they're always like passing back and forth bottles and doing shots and shit like that. well i mean the thor movies he's he's known for you know drinking lots of beer yes he does uh strange gives him those big old things of the refilling beer Uh right all right yeah that's in ragnarok thank you taika watiti we appreciate it so the good the the better movies i think include more alcohol (laughs) um and then for being a pg-13 thousands of people die but we barely uh even um recognize the type of you know comic book movie uh feels like it has the most amount of blood yeah and there's very little yeah 
But as uh, at one point, uh, like a character gets hurt and holds out their hand, and their hands all bloody. It's like, oh, what? Oh, wow! <laughs> what, what is this doing in an MCU movie? Isn't this ain't right? She's oh like, wait, it's it's a, it's it's used as a plot point. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, no, they're supposed to be uh, turned into like digital dust or something or ashes. Yeah. That's the only right. way I can watch my characters die before they get brought back to life. The uh, and then also there's like a character who gets straight up like like viscerally gutted with a knife. Oh, like, yeah. And when that happened, I was like, whoa. I I think there's kids in this audience. You know? Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's really intense. But then... Yeah, and I mean, the, she fucking sepulchered him. She went yes. in, up, around, and then out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like the twist and then the jerk. I was, yeah. I was like, that like, was like, like some real violent shit. Like, yeah, but in, in real life, like her but, intestines would have spilled yes. everywhere. So that's, that's, that's the disconnect. When, yeah. that, when the, the stabbing happens, like, holy cow, but then the character falls down. I was like, where's all the... <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> her belly just opened yeah, up. <laughs> where's, where's the viscera? And then uh, and then they even turn her over, and then there's just, like, a line on her shirt, yeah. and it's, like, damp and sort of red. And I'm like, hey, you're sort of going there. But As opposed right. to just intestines to there. sploon everywhere. Yeah, so it should be, like, like whoa, like a <laughs> Nicholas winning reference level of, whoa, <laughs> you guys aren't... You can't do this in a Disney movie. So it's more violent than expected for uh, Marvel Disney, but not not like over the top where I'm like, holy yeah. shit, they turned the corner. Um, like, what are you going to do when Deadpool shows up? You know, it's like, I don't yeah. know how this is going to work. I really don't know. Um, the, uh, I mean, negative wise, I mean, what do you what do you think? What's what's keeping you from thinking like, oh, this movie is awesome? Because I don't think it's awesome. I just thought, it, I think it's good. I enjoyed it. I I'm, mean, not, I'm not pumped to see it again, but I wasn't pumped to rewatch Ant-Man or, uh, you know, any of these uh, one-offs, not one-offs, Captain Marvel, it's fine. I don't mm-hmm. want to rewatch it, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. so what keeps it from being more of a Ragnarok? I mean, it's not directed by Taika Waititi. That helps. Or, or, <laughs> or Black Panther. Uh, well, no, exactly. It's, that, it's, that's a Ryan Coogan all, all, all of those movies have that extra bit of whatever Something. that just put puts them over the top. I wonder what that is. I mean, Captain America the Winter Soldier has goddamn Robert Redford, so, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, think that's maybe, I think that's a good one, too. I think that's a good example of one that is worth... Rewatching. Rewatching. That one, oh. has, that one for sure has elements. I wonder what it is, because Black Widow's for sure... I think it's enjoyable. Oh, it is. But it's also a little long. I feel like at one point, I was like, eh, it's like... It's definitely, definitely longer than it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no Infinity Stones. This could no. end. Come on, this could end. Um... And then, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing to be like, I for sure liked it. I mean, it was. But I can't tell why I don't like love it. As far as I'm concerned, it is par for the course. I feel, I feel like it is just. You know? Just chalk it up to another Marvel. The machine is humming along. They got an interesting director who only does like drama and stuff. Uh, so like the family drama stuff that is in this movie, there's only a little bit of it, but yeah. that, that, that dynamic is pretty strong. Mm hmm. Um, I actually felt that sort of uh, like I, I I could tell that the director Kate Jordan's name and the writer one of the co-writers of the story is uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Jack Jack Schaefer. She is the writer and showrunner for WandaVision. Oh, okay, which is interesting. Yeah. I saw her name pop up in the credits. I was like, oh, that's the WandaVision person. Um, they uh, like really strung together. So, what is a family? If in the summer of F nine, of course, no. it's like, what is family? We, I got friends. Family. Family. family, you got family, and 
like I thought it, I thought it worked well. I thought it maybe works even better than in the Fast and Furious movies, which is very superficial. Uh, like, oh, we're a bunch of outcasts that hang out together. Yeah. In which it's more like, no, we were put together as a family. It was a subterfuge, but for one person who was so young at the time, it was like a real thing to them. And, yeah. And now that they're older and there's been all this betrayal, how do you come back together as people? I was actually invested in that more human side of it, uh, which is what you want from these movies, because otherwise it is just a, a two-hour-plus just another Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, the MCU. Mm-hmm. But the MCU chugs along, buddy. A couple months away, we're two months away from Shang-Chi. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. And the Legend rings. of the Ten Rings. I, I mean, keep hell, there might, extra... there, there might even be 20 rings in this movie. We have Mandarin. <laughs> we got them finger rings. We got them arm rings. So Black Widow gets a thumbs up from me. Does it get a $30 early access Disney Plus from Oh, me? fuck no. Right? I don't feel like it's... But Mm-mm. then, I don't even know what movie would be worth that 30 bucks. Yeah, no. You know, if HBO Max was like, uh, you can watch Dune a month early early for 30 bucks. I mean, depending... I'm like, nah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm watching Dune in theaters. Depending on how good it is, maybe worth the $30 to rewatch it, like, immediately <laughs> on HBO Max. Like, you know what? No, I need to watch this movie again. <laughs> like, like, immediately. Tonight, I'm, I'm going to stay up to four in the morning <laughs> to rewatch this. Uh, back when we get some, get some thumbs-ups. So It's like, you know, some thumbs-ups. That's, that's new. It's fine. Does it get a lot of thumbs-ups? Some, or just, like, one or two? You put it on the fine scale? One I find. It is... It is Fine. Fine. Hard fine. Drew gives it a hard fine. Uh, that's definitely a search term that you can use on the... I'm not, I'm not sure. You're, you're not, sure. not going to look up hard fine? No. You should look it up. <laughs> uh, I'll put, I, I say it's good. I think it's good. I enjoyed it. Black Widow. One eye and widow, one eye and fine. See how it works? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Media Diets, Loki, Episode 5. You're yep, all caught up. I'm all caught Man, up. Man, what a fun show. Dude, alligator, Loki. I think it's a crocodile, technically. Whatever. Because it's not underwater. Crocodile, Loki. Dial. So awesome. Crocodile's awesome. Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Motherfucking, and he... MVP, man, MVP. Well, yeah, but also, he's... I love his costume. That's that's the classic. That's like that, the '40s yeah, Loki costume. That's why I assume, <laughs> like the way how it's sort of janky and, uh-huh. and it looks like it yeah. would be like if the character was from the '40s or '50s well, or just, whatever. Just like WandaVision on the Halloween episode, yes. it's it's that costume. Yes, it's from that era. It's like a Batman TV show yeah. costume. I immediately assume, like I bet you, that's just an, an o, the OG Loki design, which is so fun. Um, I, I, I love I love his character. I think he's great. I I love this show. I think yeah. it's I think it's my favorite Marvel thing, which is saying a lot. I'm not sure about my favorite Marvel thing, but it's definitely it up there. Like of of like specifically of MCU stuff. Sticking no. to the MCU Marvel Studios produced stuff. I think it's my favorite Marvel thing because I was trying to think of what movies could I possibly like more than this. Like I really I do like I mean, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, and I really like Black Panther. Uh, and then I was like, maybe the Iron Man's, I don't know, it was hard to think of something that I yeah. could possibly like enjoy as much as I'm enjoying this show. It's so much fun. Uh, you see that Frog Thor? Frog? Throg? Yeah, Frog Thor's awesome. Yeah, Throg, of course, I look online. Throg is a... It's a thing. Yeah, direct, yeah, yeah. Direct reference. Uh-huh. Yes. And actually, even in... And so was the... Uh, did you see the Thanos helicopter in the background? <laughs> the Thanos copter. I read about that, too. <laughs> like, he flew around in a helicopter with his face on it. Oh, oh dude. The, the, the well, 60s and the 70s was were that the 60s wacky and 70s? time. That was a crazy era of comic books. The mad titan from outer space. So it's like, I need a helicopter. Exactly. Yeah, with my name on it. <laughs> Just so people know it's me. It's good marketing. It's good marketing. Um, Ragnarok, 
uh, there's a reference. They do the 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 play within the movie. Yeah. Uh, whoever who's who plays Loki? Was Matt Damon? Yeah, was Loki? Yeah, and he, he he's gonna be he's gonna be Loki again. again. Yeah, again, yeah. he's been yeah. seen in Australia. Uh-huh. Um, he uh he references turning Thor into a frog when they were kids. No. Uh, so this is actually the second Thor frog reference <laughs> now in the MCU, which is very funny. Yeah. Um, it is fun looking on <clears throat> looking online and seeing all the reading about all, like I normally don't give a shit about all the easter eggs but this one they're really having a good time with dude it. they're pulling from some weird places yeah for, <laughs> for sure and um from reading everything online and and what's presented in the show it does seem like they're somehow going to <clears throat> this is going to be the introduction of Kang the Conqueror yeah as a entity as a character I don't know if, if I doubt John the Major is going to be showing up as as King and Conqueror. Uh, that supposedly isn't supposed to happen until Ant Man and the uh, Wasp. Quantumania. Quantumania. If they don't do that at least once, I won't be mad. That's. I mean, like... they're gonna. I, I want to do the same thing in Thor: Love and Love and Thunder. That has to, right? They have to do that. Um, especially with the way they have the title Dude. and the logo. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you're screaming it's, for it's, it. It's like it's just so metal. Yeah, this, is, this is so hot metal. Hot Patel. Um, man, what a great show. Yeah. What a great show. I'm enjoying all the characters. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Sylvie is great. Mobius, 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 Mobius. Goddamn Mobius and Mobius. <laughs> See, I want a jet ski. Hey, yeah, wow. It's like, <laughs> come on. How can you not enjoy this show? It's so much fun. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Google Matherall is, is great. Uh, and also... Uh, I kind of wish it was a little more of her, the uh, uh, the chick from Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Ooh, ooh, I, I, I've been saying we got to keep remember her name because I'm telling you. She's she keep, be, well, she's keep popping up in everything. She's going to be in more stuff. She is good. She is so good. Even the little scene she had in this where yeah. she's like in prison or whatever. I was like, oh, she's good. Yeah. She's, I feel this. Uh, I feel this tension. Yeah. I feel this heat. Uh, well, yeah, they're having fun with it. I mean, it feels, this one feels very Legion-y. Yeah, it does. Yes, that's a, great, that's a great comparison. I think it's yeah. a great comparison. Right? So if you if you if you if people who like this, they should watch Legion if they haven't watched. Yeah, it yet. yeah, for sure. If you're really into like uh, quote comic book shows that are just an excuse to get sci fi weird and like contemplate existence in different ways and all that. Oh my god, please do it. All the Loki's, the room full of Loki's, present Loki. Uh, you know what's fun that they do at uh, they open up that Avengers campus like within the last month or so, month and a half ago. Where is that? Uh, California, mm-hmm. Disneyland, right? And um, so they've been having, you know, they had their characters walking around or whatever. So starting with the week one of Loki, they started had, having Loki's. They've had Loki's walking, walking around. around, but based on each episode, they changed Loki's costume. No. So the first week, Loki's walking around in the TVA jumpsuit, being like escorted by like full on dressed up TVA guys. And then the next week, he was dressed wearing the jacket that said variant on it with the tie. Like I'm doing some investigating. Yeah. And then this week. Apparently, President Loki's been walking around with the the crown yeah. and the and the vote Loki uh, button and all mm-hmm. that. I think that's very very fun. They're having a great time yeah. over there. Uh, that, that's not us. We're here in Florida. Uh, still, still just I guess digging on Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, we got that Velocicoaster coaster now. That thing's supposed to be fucking wild as hell. Okay. It's like say so. it's got a lap bar, but you still go upside down, and then you're like. It, it goes over the lagoon, and then you're okay. like upside down five feet over the water. Okay. Centrifugal force is fun. It's fun, man. <laughs> You're upside down, floating for like hundreds of feet at a time. Come on, baby. Uh, yeah, man. Loki episode six. I'm gonna be sad when this one ends. It's it's a bummer. And then show wise, I don't think they have any 
What If is coming in August, but no. I don't think they have anything live action for until next year when we get a what's next she-hulk um hawkeye oh uh if you're interested in the black widow going back to black widow if you're interested in the end credits and end credits not even mid credits and credits uh it's essentially just setting up a black widow character not black widow um gonna be a big uh, uh what included in the in the hawkeye show okay yeah which is what the the hawkeye show is just an excuse to set up Haley, lady hawkeye yeah lady yeah. hawkeye lady Haley stan stan steinfield Haley stan steinfield uh body by jake's niece mm-hmm. will be the new hawkeye yeah yeah she was in bumblebee yeah she was in bumblebee that's right very good um uh, so loki is a yeah man that's a fun show agreed only one to go um I am like two thirds of the way through Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a novel and it's pretty interesting it's an interesting read especially if you really like the movie it's fun to see it way more fleshed out just an example when uh uh, 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 the Capro's character, uh, uh, um, Rick, when he goes to the the set of the show that he's filming, that's a big chunk in the middle of the movie. Him filming yep. this TV show, uh, in the book, there's like a whole five, six, seven pages dedicated to describing the plot of um, the show that he's filming, okay. and like here's the backstory. Here are all these characters. Here's all this. All this is being set up. Uh, that's the type of uh, the thing you can expect for reading this. It is for sure not just like reading the script for the movie. It is fully fleshed out with backstory and and, and so much more detail. And then uh, since it's also you know set in '69 Hollywood, it's a lot of just Tarantino's version of, of old Hollywood stories. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun Hollywood uh, uh, tall tales and mythic legends and things like that. I just read the chapter in which uh, uh, Cliff Booth. His uh, Brad Pitt's character mm-hmm. uh, re- remembers uh, getting into an onset fight with Bruce Lee and all that, mm. and it was uh, that that chapter was so long because it had to build this whole thing about how his character was a ringer and he was brought in um, onto sets by stunt crews to have to deal with difficult actors or directors who needed to get punched in the face in order <laughs> to um, to start behaving on set, mm-hmm. and then so he knew the whole point of him was showing up was to punch someone. He get quote fired obviously, mm-hmm. and then he get like an under the table extra seven hundred bucks and like free beer or something, oh. and he get to go home for one day's worth of work. Uh, a lot of fun details like that in that book. It's really, it's, it's it's a good time. It's a good read. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna finish it. Fun. It's only, I only have like hundred fifty pages left. It, it's a quick read too. Uh, Tarantino wait he, he he ain't using no ten dollar words. No. You know it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a zippy fast. Um, uh, good cook read. I'm enjoying it. There we go. That's my media digest. What do you got? Uh, I watched uh, No Sudden Move on HBO Max. Oh, it's your review. I'm into it. What you no. got? It was all right. How many eyes and all right? Uh, two. <laughs> Whoa! It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Yeah. Fine. I mean, everybody everybody did their job. I mean, Don Cheadle probably stole the show. Yeah, but she, yeah, Cheadle's very good. I mean, for the most part, it just kind of was what it was. Cheeto's very good. He doesn't get to do uh, leads in a lot of stuff anymore. Yeah. He is going to be the lead of um, Marvel's Armor Wars. That's another show we got coming up. Oh. 
Interesting. Yeah, he's he's the lead of Armor Wars. So this is gonna be a lot of people in Iron Man suits. <laughs> I know, which I'm not. I am not looking forward to at all. <laughs> it's like, gonna be the, the Battle of the Iron Man. It's gonna be the end of Iron Man too. It's like, ugh, yeah, come on, uh-huh. this looks like shit. This is not fun. Um, so hopefully the rest of the show will be will be mm-hmm. around. All that stuff will be cool. Um, we, I don't know, we got that. Also, the Secret Invasion mm-hmm. or Secret Wars, Secret Invasion is another. It's the crawl. It's the Mendelssohn crawl mm-hmm. show. Um, crawl, right? Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. No, scroll. Scroll. Thank you. See, I, I knew. Kree, I knew. Scroll. Cree. Scroll. Crawl. Scroll. The Conqueror. I knew. I always get it. I always get it wrong. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely a Soderbergh movie. Like it's competent. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It's nice to look at. It's got that David Holmes score. It's like it's yeah. kind of kind of jazzy sort Benicio of. Benicio del Toro looks silly with a mask. <laughs> those those masks. <laughs> those masks were ridiculous looking that they wore in that one scene. Oh, and then Kieran Culkin was actually fun in it for the you know, yeah. Days. Well, I mean, I've liked uh, Kieran Culkin since Secession. So, oh, there we go. Working actor, this old Culkin guy. Oh. Good for him. Good for him. Not living in his brother's shadow anymore. Helps that his brother retired twenty years ago. Yeah. Um. Okay, no summer movie. All right, two eyes and all right, all right. I watched. Uh, That's a just two, all right. I watched Nobody on the Red Box. Oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well, come on, let's hear it. You're burying the lead, buddy. I can't believe you're saving this for so late. <laughs> so late in the show. We've been recording for almost 30, 40 minutes now. You bring yeah. it up. What? Uh-huh. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's Bob. Bob Odenkirk doing a John Wick thing. He trained for two years to be able to yeah, do no, the I, action I, scene in this movie. I watched all the special features on the DVD. Oh, all their special so. features. I should look that up on YouTube. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you think? That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, bus sequence fun. Good. good oh, yeah, dude, all yeah. of it fun. Yeah. Then, yeah. then the uh, gives you a good idea how to use a claymore. Mm-hmm. Different ideas for how to use a claymore. That's the one, right? The, with the yeah, front, front towards enemy. Front towards enemy. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's, I feel like those are maybe the three greatest words in the English language. Could be front towards enemy. I mean, oh, every yeah, time like the, the, you you point this at the thing you're trying to kill. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Or the booby trap would say, okay, here we go. Yeah, put right by the front door. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, man. That's, that's, I'm going to tattoo that on me somewhere. <laughs> right, right on my pappus. <laughs> <laughs> but backwards, so I can look at it in a mirror to remind myself, oh, this thing goes towards them. So I can fuck my enemies. That's <laughs> what I was trying to get to, guys. Fuck your enemies. On uh, on Netflix? On 4th of July? Uh, actually, real quick, I'm sorry. Let me go back. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Red box rental. What yeah. is that? A couple bucks? Like a dollar a day. No, like two dollars because it was a Blu-ray. So uh, did you feel it was worth the expense of going to the red box, getting the movie, watching, taking it back, doing all that trip? Was it worth it? Yeah. Was it at least worth that? Yeah. At least worth that. Well, I mean, there are red boxes everywhere. There's a red box of Publix. That's where I got it because I was already at the grocery store. And then when I dropped it off, I get, get where I get gas in the morning is where... I dropped it off. So, so that's, it was, old, that's it was, the whole point. That's what Redbox's whole idea. It was like, we put them in enough places, people just add it as part of their routine. Uh-huh. Um, let me ask you this. Would you have preferred that they had sat on this movie and not released it in a time when theaters weren't so open? I, I, like, would you I, have preferred I, that they release it now? Yes, because then I would have gone to see it in theaters. You think you would have enjoyed it even more, maybe, yeah. in the mm-hmm. theater? Yeah, I but it, but it, was fine to, it was fine at home. My TV's yeah. fucking huge, so... That's true, too. That's true, too. But I got to say, like, I could watch a movie on my phone. I could literally hold my phone up to my eyeballs if I wanted to mm-hmm. with, like, earphones in to have, like, quote, surround sound or whatever. It's still not the same as, like, sitting in a, no. in a movie theater. Yeah. 
Um, but all right, but we're getting the what is that? You're getting the thumbs up and all right, a good, a great. How we how we categorize a nobody? It was for good, people. good, solid, good. Yeah, it was very good. That's high praise from Bruce yeah. Cogburn. All right. Uh, on Netflix, I watched an animated thing on Fourth uh, of July. Okay. America, the motion picture. Uh, I've seen uh, people talking about this online. Okay. It uh, is. It, well, it, it's it's produced, it's a Lord Miller production. So I was not aware of that. So come on. They, they, uh, do you know to what extent produced it, wrote it, directed it? Uh, they, they didn't direct it. No, they didn't direct it. I don't think they wrote it either. I think they just produced, they produced it. Produced it, okay. Yeah. But uh, enjoyable? Yeah. It was, I, I feel like it's, it's getting hilarious. good. I feel like it's getting good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, George Washington is Channing Tatum. Uh, <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Let me. That's very funny. That's very funny. Um, what I'm seeing online that it's, it is solid satire of what America is at the moment. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Based on like in a framing of uh, uh-huh. like a historical context. Yes. Right. Simon Pegg's King James. Uh, Killer Mike is John Henry. <laughs> Raul Trulio is Geronimo. He like they they take people from history and yeah. just kind of mash them all together. Sure. It's so like it's like Avengers like, of history. Of American yeah. History. Well, no, because in the beginning, uh, in the beginning, uh, Benedict Arnold kills Abraham Lincoln, and Ab- Abraham Lincoln and uh, George Washington are like. Bros, they're like best buds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and did I mention it's Benedict so Arnold's also a werewolf? Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because he, he's a he turns. Mm-hmm. He's a turn. He turns. Yeah. Turn coat. It's like a turn coat. Werewolves. Yeah. Have coats. George Washington yeah, has for... has like uh, Wolverine style like chainsaw arms. It's, fucking, <laughs> it's so silly. It's it's silly as hell. But at the same time, like. Making light of some really fucked up shit. <laughs> uh, Ninety minutes. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and, like, and like, like, there's a reason why Killer Mike's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, true. He wouldn't sign up for no uh, fucking bullshit for some populist commercial bullshit. Apparently, we'll see. This so young. Um, like recommend. People oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely I mean, it? if it, I'd be, it, it's, I think it's animated by the people who do Archer. Okay. So, so it's got that specific style. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very specific look. So, but it, but it's totally worth watching. It's it's on Netflix. Just mm-hmm. fucking watch it. It's okay. Hilarious. Shit. Oh, I goddamn! You're gonna curse on me, bro. Fuck. Okay, fine. I'll fucking watch it. America, the motion picture. Shit. And also on Netflix, uh, I watched the series "This Is Pop." Uh, and it's about James Witherspoon, John Witherspoon's character in in the Friday movies. No, it's about music. Oh, okay. So oh. there there are eight episodes. They're forty four minutes each. Okay. Uh, the first one is the the Boys to Men effect. So they talk about. They go to a little deep dive on boys to men, and then how they spawned the boy band movement. Oh, interesting. They, they, they oh, okay, okay, all right. And talk, talks about all that, you know, the boy band stuff. You know, Nick Lachey from Ninety Eight Degrees wow. has a lot of regret about, you know, how he looked and <laughs> things of that nature. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, <laughs> he's like, I can't defend myself. Okay, fair. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, episode two is about auto tune. So how it came around, oh, who wow. the, the guy who invented it, yeah. how he invented it, yeah. and then most of it is about T Pain, and uh, well, I do feel like he's synonymous with right, yeah, auto tuning, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds interesting. Uh huh. Uh, episode three is called the Stockholm Syndrome, okay. and it's about how Abba, no, different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I nailed one. It starts with Abba, and then uh, talks about how like. 
50% of the popular music that's been written in the last 20 years has been written by, like, six guys in Sweden. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sort of a Wrecking Crew thing where it's like, yeah, all the pop songs are made by the same people. Out. That's so weird. Yeah. That's so strange. Uh -huh. sure, man, those people must be so rich. Uh, episode four is mm -hmm. called When Country Goes Pop. So mm -hmm. it talks about country music mm -hmm. and how... The, the the weird history it has with crossing over with pop music. Sure. Okay. You know. Yeah. Which it's like, not much more in the last twenty Do years. Dolly Parton, Shania Twain, yeah. Taylor Swift. Which is, that's all nineties stuff. That's all nineties, early two thousand stuff, yeah. So um, yeah, I was just reading I think we talked about this on our Patreon.com slash customer. So blowout episode how uh John Travolta was in Rhinestone Cowboy in the early eighties and that was credited with like the first push of uh, one of the first big pushes of getting Western country, Western music into like more mainstream outside of just being a country bumpkin shit. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's, it's fucking it's got the most popular music in the country. Yeah, you can thank Arthur Brooks for that. Do I have to thank him? I mean, if you like it, can't tell him to go fuck himself with, the, guy, with yeah. the shit that they're playing because it sucks. Mm -hmm. It all sucks, man. It's all on the back of my pickup <laughs> truck. Hey, Chris, with my red solo cup. What, what do you get when you play country music backwards? You get, your, you get your truck back you get your wife back you get your dog back oh, that's good that's good <clears throat> I like that one I, pre mm -hmm. I appreciate that joke that's a good joke sir thank you very much I appreciate that uh, episode 5 <clears throat> is called Hail Britpop and it's about Britpop Oasis and Blur yep the the whole all, all of the nonsense that's awesome just okay. in case you were unaware no, I like that how that all worked all right, I'm, I'm definitely into that I like, mm -hmm. I like the sound of the show so far uh, episode six, festival festival rising. It just talks about music festivals and how how, how they started, well, you where they are today, and whatnot. Vans, Warp tours, Glastonbury's. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, Bonnaroo's, yeah, all and, of it. Uh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, episode seven. It's called "What Can a Song Do?" and it talks more about the serious side of like you know like. Uh, Call to action songs and you know political songs ah. and things of that nature. Like what song can music actually affect change in the can, world? Can music change the world? Oh, oh, okay. oh. Nope. Can it? Can it? Can it change the world? What, what did the episode say? Can it? I mean, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, fine. I'll, maybe I'll skip that episode. Uh, episode eight is called the. Brill Building in four songs, and apparently the Brill Building was kind of like a Wrecking Crew type thing in New York in the 40s. Yeah, where they just cranking out music and selling them to artists, or giving, I guess maybe it was the 40s, probably more giving them to artists, maybe. A, or some of them, or some from. people turning into, you know, their own artists. Oh, like fair. one of them is that's the like, thing. Like, how come these people are such hit makers? They don't make themselves write themselves a damn hit. Well, no, exactly. One one guy did, and he he talked to his, he's like, if you don't know me, I was the G, uh, the Justin Bieber of the nineteen fifties. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then you you listen to the music, and you're like, fuck, this this shit kind of it's been around for a while. <laughs> interesting, very interesting. Okay, oh, so and, and that was. That was the series. So seven, eight episodes? Eight episodes, eight forty-four ep minutes each. Oh wow. Okay. This is pop. Sounds good. It is. Well, if you're if you're interested in the history of music, of popular music, that I, is. I do enjoy popular music. I think most people do. You gotta be pretty pretentious at this point to be like, blah, it's all pop music. I mean yeah. shit's on, it's like designed to be 
listenable. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's what popular music is. It is designed to be yeah, listenable. One of two things. It's designed to either be like an earworm stuck in your head, super catchy, or like very pleasing. Like, no. oh, I want to hear that again. No. Yeah. And sometimes it's both. Yeah. And that can be a problem. Uh, so, all right. So, it sounds like a lot of good stuff. Nothing that's like, ugh. Yeah, no. I, I, I lucked out. Oh, okay. oh, I also watched... Uh, As, no, so... Well, no, you want like to you you talk about blah? I, I, yeah, I, give me a little blah! I, I, I half watched Reign of Fire. I've been wanting to click on that and uh, watch it. Cause, like, I remember watching it in college. And it's, even it, th- even it, then, being like, I enjoy this. But there, there, are, there are things of the movie that I enjoy. The dragon stuff, I think. The I, dragon stuff's fun. The, yeah. the fact that it's a dragon apocalypse. Yeah. So, it, so it's like... They woke po- up the dragons. It's a post-apocalyptic movie they, starring fucking Christian Bale. And Matthew <laughs> McConaughey in a side role as like the bald, bearded uh, dragon killer. Yeah, guy. It's, it, the movie is strange and it is also very bad. Because is his, it really very bad? Dude, his best friend's Gerard Butler. That's not the Gerard Butler's in it. It's like, oh, I'm going to fight the dragons. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, but it's a pre-300 Butler. Yeah. But no. Oh. It is bad. Yeah. <laughs> not why. Were you just bored watching it? Yeah, for the most like part. Like just waiting for a dragon to show up? Yeah, yeah. Well, waiting like, for a dragon to show up and then, and then not caring during like all of the, the, the quote-unquote tension of the movie. Like, oh no, the kids is, are gonna die. Yeah, what is the tension of the, the movie? The fuck what, do I care? What's the drama? Can you yeah, recall? Humanity is about to be wiped out by the dragons. But, so, but mm. I mean, there's gotta be some interpersonal conflict between the characters, right? Like, they're just like, I don't trust you, I don't trust you. Yeah, uh-huh. well, Okay, now we trust each other. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I still kind of wonder you're watching. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> It's been a minute. Um, okay, Rain of Fire gets bad. <laughs> <laughs> that one, since, there we go. since that's an early 2000s college movie, there was no chance of uh, doing it for the Patreon. So yeah. I was like, I kind of want to rewatch this. Um, and just for the dragon shit. So, oh, actually, I will say this. The, the one scene that does, like, I think is very funny and kind of maybe accurate is... The Star the, Wars scene. The Star Wars scene. That, that's definitely... It's very like, cute. If there was an apocalypse now, like that is the way. That's how we're gonna have to entertain the kids, the surviving kids. That's our mythology. We have to entertain them, and we're gonna tell them our stories. And our stories is like, let me tell you the story of Dom Toretto. Exactly. And his, <laughs> and his family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's like, I am your father, and all the kids go, <gasps> Yeah. I thought that was very cute. Mm-hmm. But again, that's like that's all I remember. That and the Matthew McConaughey like having an axe and jumping off. You may not have gone to this part if you stopped watching. He jumps off the cliff. So like, and then the dragon just eats him. Yep. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> no. that's, that's weird. Um, we're going to take a break. How's that sound? We're okay. Take it. My, my, drink is, my drink is pretty empty. So we're going to take a break. Uh, and then we'll be back with, uh, we don't have any emails or comments. Uh, that's fine, because I have tons of stories. And then we also have a, a sponsored segment. Okay. In the news segment. So uh, guys, get ready uh, to be sold a bucket of lies. Uh, coming soon in the second half of episode 444. That's, uh, how do you, you know what? I'm not even going to try. No, no Spanish today. Attention Kmart shoppers. When you think of prescriptions, think of Kmart, where there is a registered pharmacist on duty at all times to fill your needs. Stop by today and meet our pharmacists. They will be happy to discuss and quote prices on all of your prescription needs. We hope the next time it is necessary for you to visit a pharmacy, you will come to Kmart, your complete shopping center. Thank you for shopping at Kmart.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 444 of Cinema Crespo. So I'm your host, Chris Crespo, chill in the studio. It's a random weekend in July. That's how you get. Tell you, I'm not going to tell you which one. Chill with me is Drew Sakai, Drew. What up? How you doing, dude? Doing. Uh, we saw Black Widow this weekend. What you think? We already did that part. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already did that part, Chris. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, on the, I'm on page one of the script. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, we're flipping forward to page two. Yeah, page two. <laughs> My bad. My bad. All right, page two. Welcome back to episode 444 <laughs> of Cinema Crest So I'm your host, Chris Crest. I'll cut that out. Welcome back, and we're back, baby. You never cut Ma- that no, out. No, never. I'm <laughs> too tired now. Come on. My bed was so comfortable this morning. Um, Guys, make sure you check out, the, just like the announcement said, to go to the pharmacy if you need your essentials. We have our pharmacy is now open. And uh, the doctor, speaking of pharmacy, doctors Andrew Cogburn, uh, I, I've, I've had a bit of an angina lately. What uh-huh. could you recommend? Weed. I was hoping, I was hoping <laughs> you'd say that, honestly. Yeah. Because that's all I just, got just, right now. Just get high. I just got that. It'll be fine. And some ibuprofen. Yeah, that, that'll work. Wait, no, I don't have ibuprofen. I, what's the Aleve, not not long, not good, but generic name? Naproxene sodium. Yeah, it's that's uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. That's right. It's, it's not a painkiller. It's just an anti-inflammatory. That's what I'm talking about. The doctor is in. Drew Stockwin's here to tell us about the death of Richard Donner. Go. What? <laughs> <laughs> Before we talk about the death of Richard Donner, cinema crespedisa at gmail.com. That's an email. You can use it. Comments, questions, movie reviews, etc. We'll read it on the show. Don't want to use it, that's fine. Facebook group. Get off Facebook. I'll just leave it at that. Instagram. Cinema Crespity. So owned by Facebook, actually. Yeah. Get, uh-huh. off, get off that. It's also dead. Who gives a shit? Instagram's dead. Uh, is it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's passe. It's, okay. it, I mean, they're just they're openly trying to be TikTok. Actually, the, I don't know if it was a CEO, but whoever's like running Instagram did a um, some sort of presentation, shareholders thing, some sort of call where openly admitted that like Instagram's future as a photo sharing app is dead. It's over going into other things, pushing the video component, just openly admitting that we need to copy TikTok from now on. So they're, they're chasing, they're losing, they're done. Get on TikTok, cinema crispy. So follow those talks. Uh, I, I I rarely do it often enough to be uh, consistent or entertaining, but I mean, fuck it. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and Joseph uh, uh, Cogburn is it can't can't be found. Nope. Not online. Not online. I mean, you can find me in real life. Actually, if, maybe you, you could stalk him. That'd be weird. If you need AC work, I mean, I'll, I'll probably if I mean if you do stalk me, I'll probably press charges. <laughs> so you know, you'll be spending some time in jail. What do you do? Get a restraining order? Those things don't work. They never work. Oh, I don't know. What are you gonna do? Wave the restraining order at a person when they when they pull out a gun? They shoot you in the parking lot when they meet you at at, the, at your job, like it happens all the time. It's weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Where we're like, yeah, hey, you know what? No, just leave me alone, guys. Leave Drew alone. He doesn't. He just he doesn't, <laughs> he, he doesn't want to be bothered. Please don't. He doesn't want to be bothered. I'm tired of this earth. These people. Are <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of their trivial problems. So, um. You know who else is tired of this earth? Richard Donner. Rest in peace. Rarely do rest in pieces. Uh, but, the, I mean, this guy was, like, very influential in terms of the specific time period of movie making. Richard Donner died at the age of 91 years old. Uh, probably best known for being the director of a Superman movie. 
and the Lethal Weapon movies. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the, the Goonies he directed. Uh, he directed The Omen in 76, which was his breakout hit. That was actually okay. his fourth movie, but that was his breakout. He directed uh, The Toy. You ever see that? Richard Pryor? Don't think so. It's an interesting movie. I think it's Jackie Gleason plays an old, rich, white, fat guy who hires Richard Pryor to be a... Like a friend, essentially, or mm-hmm. a playmate to his spoiled son. Okay. And Richard Pryor is then treated as the toy. Uh, and, and it's just gotcha. a bunch of shenanigans yeah. with this kid. Did you, you don't want to that one? Definitely not. Uh, he did that, and then the Goonies. Um, lethal Weapon was 87, and then so he did all four Lethal Weapons. And even, he his last movie was 2003, but even like five years ago in his 80s, he was talking about wanting to do Lethal Weapon 5. Mm-hmm. Um he did actually six movies with Mel Gibson. He got all four lethal weapons. He did Conspiracy Theory. Remember that one? Vaguely. With the uh, Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was okay. Yeah. That one's fine. For some reason, in my head, I always thought that was like a, a Ron Howard movie. The Jews. Exactly. Does he ever, does he ever, <laughs> it's like Conspiracy Theory. Does he yell that at some point? I feel like he would. At some, he, he pitches to Donner for sure. He's like, well, my guy's a conspiracy theorist. Maybe you should think the Jews are behind it. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm surely they would be, Richard. Like, Mel, just <laughs> smoke your cigarettes, read the script. Let's, uh, let's get this. But the Jews. But, but, shut up, Mel. <laughs> um, and then uh, they also did the movie Maverick. You like Maverick? <laughs> a lot of, I'm, I'm, movie came out when I was 12 years old. And I liked it. I liked Westerns when I was 12 years mm-hmm. old. So seeing, I was like, I enjoy it. I think it's a fun movie. So I was shocked when I became an adult and find out that uh, people really don't like this movie too much. And I was like, man, I always thought it was a fun, good time. I I enjoy it. I think it, I think it's good. But uh, you know, not, not yeah. a fan. They even brought in the uh, good old James Garner because he did the original show. He was, mm. he was OG Maverick. That's nice of him mm. to do that. Did you ever see Assassins? That would be Sylvester Stallone versus Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah. Bad movie. Yes. <laughs> Classic 90s bad movie. Uh, I think I'm clicking on this. Julianne Moore is in it as well. Okay. Uh, he did that one. Yeah, that, that came out about the same time as Ballistics X versus Seven. No, no, no. That's like a solid <laughs> eight, eight or ten years later. That's a 2000s movie. They're the same movie, Chris. No, 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 no. Ballistics, <laughs> that's like legendarily. I don't think I've actually, have I seen? I may have seen parts of it. It's like one of the lowest Rotten Tomato scores. It's like legendarily so bad. It makes me want to be like, how bad can it be? But I don't think I... It, Maybe just, I have just, seen it and then my just, brain wiped it. It's just boring. It is so forgettable. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, it's boring and forgettable. Boring, it's, and it's supposed to be an action movie. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks when that happens. Um, his last movie was 16 Blocks, that uh, Bruce Willis uh, most deaf movie. That wasn't bad. What's his, what was it? I'm sorry, not most deaf. Yeah, seen Bay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Trusa Carlin. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, back then he was most deaf. So yeah, that's true. So that's, that's also fair. Yeah, I feel like I'm dead naming him by calling him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that works, right? Like, when, yeah, when it's a religious thing. Where yeah, just like, this is just like listen. I'm going by my religious uh, real uh-huh. name now, as opposed to my stage name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Exactly. And mo- most deaf was his stage name. Most definitely, so. it was. <laughs> most definitely, it was his stage name. Anyway, rest in peace. Is um, did I mention Scrooge? Did I say Scrooge? Oh no, that's, a, that's man. Isn't that kind of shocking that he did all the Lethal Weapon movies? Um, yeah. He did a Western with Maverick and Conspiracy Theory, but then in the middle of all that, he did fucking Scrooge and Goonies. 
And the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Richard Donner's done so many things. The majority of his movies, I've seen them and I've liked them and uh, weirdly shaped a part of my like cinematic life and childhood. Oh, I mean, definitely with the Goonies. Yeah, especially. And, and the Lethal Weapon movies. Because, exactly. you know, I, I got to watch Rated R movies way earlier than I was ever supposed to. Yes, and then Superman set the tone for modern comic book movies with the idea that you can make a comic book movie and, and treat the characters, quote, seriously. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And not, like, overly grim, dark, seriously, but, no. like, let's, let's pretend this is real. Yeah, as opposed to the Batman TV show, which yes. is... Going absurd with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's make this, let's make this like we're making a, quote, real movie, but then, the, then yes, we all have to... Also, the guy's wearing tights. And, and he flies. And he flies. So, you know what? <laughs> I think we can make this work. Oh, wait a minute. He's also an alien, by the way. Yeah. Just, just, just so you guys know. People alien. always overlook the fact that he's a goddamn... He ain't, he ain't an earthling. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's not from... He's not... He's not from here. No, he's Kryptonian. We should send him back to where he came from. Yeah, Bill wall build a goddamn wall around earth so the kryptonians can stop <laughs> taking our gerbs <laughs> um recipes richard donna you dead as fuck let's see i got some uh i mean 91 years old yeah. shit I ain't sad about it it's just, no. it's just interesting it's his time to go when like martin scorsese dies i'll be sad you know Spielberg. I'm also, like, like, yeah, it'll that's be, a bummer. That's bad. I'm pretty sure Mr. Scorsese's lived a long and productive life. That's another thing, too. These guys are <laughs> like Scorsese's approaching his 80s. So if he does make it to his 80s and he dies, it's like, oh, that's sad. But <laughs> 80s. Yeah. Like, goddamn, he did it. When Clint Eastwood dies, like, yeah, that's a bummer. But he's also in his fucking 90s. I was about to say, he's already like a rotting skeleton. He's a walking <laughs> rotting skeleton who has a movie coming out in like three months. <laughs> so. That's the only thing you're alive. I need to figure out another. I need to do another story real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna die. The, my blood is slowing down. I can feel. I can feel it. My blood is slowing down. Um, recipes for your daughter. Let's talk about some movie biz stories. Uh, Universal. They they they're switching up some of their plan for theatrical releases and how that's gonna work with the Peacock app. Okay. All right. That Peacock app uh, getting more and more popular. Obviously, bound to happen. Um, starting in 2022, Universal Movies will be available on Peacock uh, exclusively as part of a what they call a pay one window. Uh, and that includes, it's Universal, but includes like Focus Features, mm-hmm. um, DreamWorks Movies, Illumination. So what's this? What, we, we just saw an Illumination trailer. Um, Sing 2. That's Illumination. Yeah. Those things are, those movies are hits. Uh, they will be on Peacock no later than four months after their theatrical debuts. So uh, that's a pretty quick turnaround. We started at 120 days to go into a, a quote free, not a free streaming service, but to a streaming service. No, um, but, it's, but it's but it's their streaming service. It's theirs exactly. It's their library. They can do whatever they want. But I still feel that's still more than like the old 90 day window that got blown up by the pandemic. And blockbusters make 90% of their box office in the first uh, 30 days. So uh, they know what they're doing to hold those movies just for four months, let them have their little theatrical life, and then plop them on Peacock. I think that's a pretty good sell for them. That's a pretty solid sell for Peacock. You know, especially when, by this point, 2022, um, that's got to be when, I mean, we did did our pandemic episode, or our movie guide episode, I already forgot. Jurassic World, uh, uh, Dominion, you know, imagine having that in your pocket where, you know, this will be in theaters. It's going to be a big ass fucking hit. 
It's goddamn Jurassic Park. And then in four months, it's going to be exclusively on our Peacock app. You don't Netflix, Amazon Prime. I suck a dick. You got to pay the monies or for the same amount of money it costs you to rent Jurassic World, you can get a one-month subscription to, to Peacock. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, my God, I can also watch this uh, and The this Office and, this. and uh, uh, whatever other bullshit we have on here that no one watches mm-hmm. anymore. Um. So anyway, that that's uh that's some streaming uh a streaming change up. Meanwhile, talking about actual physical space, Quentin Tarantino bought himself a second movie theater. Good for him. He owns a New Beverly in Los Angeles where they show it's. I think that's a couple screens, and they show film prints, and it's all like programmed in a way that things are uh uh this themed out. It's like when we went to Alamo Draft House and had that whole calendar mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's like how Enzian has cult classics every two weeks. Yeah. It's like that, but every day, yeah. which is awesome, but also kind of pricey. Um, Tarantino bought a second theater, the Vista Theater in Los Angeles, and that's a single screen theater that will show new movies if there are film prints of them. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, it will be another uh, repertory yeah. theater, so we'll see how that goes. So our LA listeners, guys... Uh, let me send you some stickers, and you can slap them all over the outside of the theater. Re- re- real, real disrespectful type shit. Yeah. Cinema crispy, so at gmail.com. Give me your address, and I'll send you stickers. Because we still have a couple, like a couple hundred or so in there. Yeah, they're in there, right? How many, stickers, how many stickers we got in here? I think we got a sleeve in here. Oh, yeah. We got a sleeve, baby. Yeah. I'll even throw in some old uh, lady raptastic. I'll throw in stickers from dead shows. Dead, yeah. sh- dead show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's talk about some movies. There's a movie called Lamb. That's an A24 thriller. Okay. A24 picked it up. And it's uh, Numi Rapal, the uh, original OG girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, She's raising a sheep child. Okay. Yeah, this is exactly what you think it would be. A half child, half sheep. Okay. Thing. Okay. And she's raising it. But it's a thriller. Something interesting. And that kind of premise sounds like, what is this nonsense? It sounds like bullshit. But now I'm like, well, it's A24. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. I mean, it's got, that just means it's got potential. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It gives it potential. Um, speaking of some weird potential, I don't know. Venom, colon, let there be carnage. Mm-hmm. Let them be. Let there be colon carnage. <laughs> yep. Remember, remember, front towards the enemy. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy is getting his first writing credit. Yes, which is interesting. Mm, okay, that's interesting. Uh, reportedly, he's always for mo- most of the movies he makes, he get he's a type of guy who's very involved and he likes to work, help work on the story and and stuff like that. And with Venom. He's been extremely, like, a lot of these actors do this, where they they know this is sort of their meal ticket, and they could really, you know, make a make their career. This could really set them up for life, like a Tony Stark, Iron mm-hmm. Man, Robert Downey Jr. sort of thing. Uh, rest in peace, Robert Downey Sr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, filmmaker himself. Um, more of an experimental filmmaker on the fringes okay. of, of Hollywood, um, in that kind of regard, back in the 60s. Anyway, so... Uh, Tom Hardy loves Venom, wants to make it his baby. I'm sure he's seen the criticisms on the first one, wants to try to course correct. I'm hoping, knock on Ikea bullshit. <laughs> uh, 
And um, the fact that he's getting his first writing credit on this one is pretty interesting because it, it's not his first time like working on a character like this, but like, someone felt the need to be like, you, your name needs to be on this. And I, I wonder if that's more like uh, this hunk of shit. You need to put your name on it. <laughs> People need to know it's your fault that this is turning out the way it is. I wonder if that's what's going on. We'll find out. We will find out, see. Pretty soon here, no. in just a couple of months, this goddamn movie's finally gonna come out. I mean, I was I was hoping that it was just gonna end, and you know, Venom was just a one-off failure. Like you know, you're dared to- uh, because, because uh, you may consider it a critical failure. True, personally, what. I think it made I know. 700, 800 million dollars. I know. I, that we, ain't no I, re- failure. I reported on it every week. I know. For, we were like, look at how much money this thing is. Venom's making. made another 200,000. It's like, goddamn, this thing keeps making money. Jesus Christ, this movie's so bad. But, uh, I mean, it's got that middle part where he's like, puts himself in the lobster tank, and then he's like, Eddie. Eddie, I'm a loser in my world. <laughs> like, that's a weird development. <laughs> is, that, is that comic book canon where Venom's a loser? <laughs> That's strange. Um. Anyway, so he's, he gets a writing credit. Good for him. Speaking of, this is our section where we're talking a little bit about uh, uh what I got here. I got um, actually they all got mixed up. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Black Panther two. <laughs> Speaking of writing credits, how about that? <laughs> how about that segue? Black Panther two apparently going through revisions even as the production has started in okay. Atlanta. Um, that is according to um the Queen Angela Bassett who. Uh, has her quote's actually pretty funny. I think she was talking to a radio show, and yeah, it's Angela Bassett, and she talks to oh no, she's talking to Entertainment Tonight. I don't know what it's going to look like at all. There have been about five incarnations of the script, and I hear another one's coming. Yeah, so this thing is they're on the fly trying to figure out how are we gonna do Wakanda forever, how are we gonna, and it's all about addressing the absence. Yeah, of Black Panther. Uh-huh. Man, that's tough. Yeah, that that, that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an unenviable unenviable position to be in for a, a gigantic, successful billion dollar conglomerate machine that just cranks out hit after hit after hit. I mean, it sucks for them. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. that's gonna be a tough one. But uh, yeah, it's tough. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they have enough money. They can just throw money at the problem. Just throw more money at it, guys. Come on, give me a three. <laughs> give me a three hundred dollar Wakanda forever. No one will notice. <laughs> or we could do a hologram uh, Black Panther. Come on. He's like full CG. Wakanda forever. <laughs> it's got that that okay. Wakandan accent that they made up. See, we can do the Wakandan accent because that's a made up. Because accent. it is not real. It is not a real accent uh, from Wakanda. It is slightly African and slightly European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, Even though there have been no colonizers. No, no colonizers. We have not been colonized. The uh, There is, I guess, specific to, like, we've talked about this, or I've, I brought up the news article whenever Black Panther came out. Like, it's like this, like, African accent mixed with this regional accent. Uh, there is, like, a very specific, we're doing this thing. But then I still feel like Forrest Whitaker showed up and did his own thing. Yeah. Where it's like the, the purple herb, <laughs> the sacred herb. It's like, what's is there something wrong with his mouth? I thought it was just his eye. Just do some drugs and grab some superpowers, okay? Yeah, guys, look. <laughs> the ultimate, the ultimate, yeah, I like Just that. so you know. <laughs> I, like, I like how Captain America's steroid freak, Black Panther, he, he might as well just be like high on peyote all the time. And it's just like impervious <laughs> to pain. He's like, ah! It all make, it makes more sense that way. Um, Justin Lin. 
this is this is we've been talking about this for fucking obviously years. All right, the titling of the Fast and Furious movies, and how they're ridiculous they are, and how Fast Five was called Fast Five, and then Furious Six. Uh, was marketed as Fast and Furious 6. And I was like, how do you do Fast 5 and not Furious 6? And then I think, I'm almost positive in the movie, it's been forever since I've seen it, but the title on the screen was Furious 6, right? I'm like, how come they didn't call it Furious 6? Uh, years later, here's Justin Lin talking about the titling issues and how uh, it was an argument with Universal. Quote, if you watch Fast 6... Oh, did they call it Fast 6? If you watch Fast 6, it's called Fast and Furious 6. But when you watch the movie, it's called Furious 6. Aha, see? So this is something that happens. And obviously, I have a great time. I have a great relationship with the studio. But I was like, man, it was called Fast 5. So we can have Furious 6. That was always by design. And somehow, for some reason, it became Fast and Furious 6. So there were some very spirited conversations about titles. But I think we always have fun in how we choose to label each new chapter. Uh, so the, also recognizing that the, the titling of these movies is part of the the absurdity of the, of F9, the franchise. F9, the saga continues, slash origins. Like, what is this? What's going on? <clears throat> uh, yeah, goddamn. The origins continue. Origins, Dom Toretto. The, the origins continue. This story, the titles are so ridiculous. But I always thought that was weird. For years, I thought that was weird. And I'm, I'm glad to know that it was supposed to be a Fast Five, Furious Six thing. And, That's uh, the way. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I just wasn't like crazy or being gaslit by Universal Studios. <laughs> um, speaking of, right, because they're all super spies now. Okay, Matthew Vaughn has a spy movie coming out called uh, Argyle. They is making. Okay, and uh, so does the dude wear an Argyle sweater I, I or so. socks? I hope so. That'd be cool. There better be right. These English be proper Englishman wearing Argyle, but then also I'm a super spy named Argyle. Named Argyle is my code name. Code name Argyle. And this is uh, Houndstooth. <laughs> okay, All Argyle right. and Houndstooth, I'm in. I mean, come on. <laughs> Hire me, Matthew Vaughn. Um, Running out the cast. Here we go. Bryce Dallas Howard will play the lead. And a couple of other actors are joining. Here we go. We got, um, uh, it says here, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, Sam Rockwell. It's Samuel Jackson. So Bryce Dallas Howard and the Sams. Bryce Dallas Howard and the Sams. Will be joining Matthew Vaughn's spy movie. It's not a Kingsman movie, I guess, for once. So he's so Samuel L. Jackson's not going to have his head explode. Well, in that was weird, weird man. Why is he talking? He's why, <laughs> why Samuel L. Jackson acting like Spike Lee would have listened? This is a strange choice. That, those that, those head explosions are awesome, bro. Fucking amazing. <laughs> That's a fun movie. That is a that is a that is legitimate, legitimately fun movie. <clears throat> Zack Snyder. Uh, we reported on this a couple weeks ago. How he did an interview where he was like, someone asked him, I guess, about just making big budget movies, working in other people's sandboxes, like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie. And he said that he revealed that he had an idea for a Star Wars movie when Lucasfilm, before it had been sold off to Disney, and his idea was like Akira Kurosawa in space. He wanted to do Seven Samurai in space. Duh. Right? Which is, I mean, of course, it's all... We're all ripping off the same things anyway. M might as well do it. Actually, I mean, Lucas already ripped them off. He might as well just rip them off again. Rip off the most... Yeah, the most iconic <laughs> one. I mean, it's kind of genius. Why not Why not do it? Um, didn't work out with the people in charge then. Now Star Wars is owned by Disney, so it ain't happening now, obviously. But... 
he revealed in that interview that's like, but I found a way. The idea works. Like it just just strip away the <laughs> Star Wars iconography. And it's my own, which is the way movies are made. Like, yeah, it's, it's, all you have to do is find a different way to design a different lightsaber. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> with your own laser sword. Yeah. And then people will be like, you, we'll go, go with it. Uh, Star Wars happened because George Lucas wanted to make Flash Gordon and couldn't get the rights to it. So he said, well, then I'll just make up my own space shit. And we got fucking Star Wars. So why not have someone else to look at Star Wars and be like, and then, well, and, and then, oddly enough, the Flash Gordon movie looked at Star Wars and like, we're going to rip this shit off. Yes. Yeah, how ass backwards is that? They could have just been like a legitimate Flash Gordon franchise. <laughs> but they fucking went backwards. Um, so, Zack Snyder and Netflix are teaming up to make Rebel Moon. Doesn't that already sound like a Star Wars thing? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Re- it does. And Rebel Moon is his Seven Samurai in Space, okay. essentially. I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that more than anything, actually, in terms of Zack Snyder possible pro- projects. Mm-hmm. It was either going to be that or his his long gestating adaptation of Anne Rand's, uh, uh, not Atlas Shrugged, but the other one, Fountainhead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Why? Just because you're libertarian doesn't mean you got to shove that shit in my face. Mm. Anyway. Um, speaking of libertarians, Shang Chi. I think no, that works. That's, that's not that's not translating well. Um, Simu Liu, the guy who's the the lead, the mm-hmm. guy who's the actor, he had an interesting quote here about how, and I, I think this is actually fascinating. Um, when it comes to uh, Asian representation, and more specifically, in his case, Chinese representation in mainstream media, Western media, it's a lot of kung fu, a lot of martial arts. And he, as an actor, felt like, well, it'd be great if I could be an actor, a Hollywood actor, and not have my race determine my role. Not be like, oh, this guy. Do you know Kung Fu? We need a Kung Fu guy. Like, why not just be a dude in a movie who just happens to be... Asian. Right, yeah. right. Um, but then, goddamn, Shang-Chi comes along, right? A big profile thing. It's going to be seen by so many people around the world. Um, so that's actually a big step in one way. For for representation for Asian yeah. representation, well, and movies. and especially because of the the way that the story's being told, like when you go backwards mm-hmm. and show the training and whatnot, like there's a lot of culture in that. It seems like they are going back to like uh, uh, trying. To, I don't know about if you want to call it respecting, but d- diving deeper into the culture. And the director is a um, Chinese American, I believe, at least half Chinese. The guy who directed Short Term Twelve, and. Um, so he's like, like, it's a big character. It's a chance to be a great positive role model and have this representation for younger, for younger um, people, or whatever, for other people. Um, but on the other side, then that means I'm also playing into the stereotype of the Chinese guy who knows kung fu. You know, no, you no, you just said you're a Chinese superhero, so of course you know kung fu. Right, exactly. It's like he can't, he can't even be a Chinese superhero who's like Superman who flies around like his eye lasers and punches people. Like yes, no, it's, it's gotta be kung fu. And then the whole thing with the rings. Wait, so in, now we have Chinese aliens. Mm. Why not? <laughs> Got a Jewish alien. Why not a Chinese alien? Um, and um, and then also he's, there's the mysticism aspect too that they're bringing, yeah. which is another. Stereotype the Eastern mysticism shit. Well, I mean, it's you know, there's no <clears throat> kung fu mystic from Maine or Rhode Island. How do you know? I haven't seen no movies about him. <laughs> okay, that's the movie we're making. We're making about a, a Rhode Island kung fu mystic. It's a guy named Charles. 
He just lives in a, lives in a nice little tutu uh-huh. in, in, in somewhere in uh, it's, uh, Vermont. So let's actually do Vermont. We could probably get some good tax credits there, actually. And Ben and Jerry's is close. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, see? <laughs> you just got yourself an executive producer job. <laughs> and, uh, wait, where was I going all that? Now I'm, I don't know. Now I'm thinking of ice cream <laughs> in Vermont. It's snowy. It's Cheese. cold. So, Simu Liu is like, it's sort of a conflict. Um, but then he also, also recognizes and admits that Kung Fu is featured in a lot of movies because it looks cool as fuck. Duh. And like, and then the idea of being a Kung Fu based superhero, while it's like, it's against his idea of what, of expanding Asian representation, but it's, also fucking cool. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> and it's, and, be, and it's, it's not just cool. kung fu, it's like it's mystic kung fu. It's dude. He's gonna get into some awesome shit. <laughs> magic kung fu. Yeah. Kung literal kung fu magic. Like you're you, you can do the fucking Liu Kang dragon with fire. Like it's, it's, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be awesome. It's a big step up from the Netflix Iron Fist where even a couple years ago, like, what if a white guy knew kung fu? We're like, yeah. well, come on, man, we're still giving the white guys this stuff. Uh, so it's, it's just an interesting uh, place to be in uh, when it comes to quote representation because it's like now we got the one Chinese movie Shang Chi, we got the one sort of Japanese movie with uh, Cobra, uh, Snake Eyes uh, origins. What's it called? Yes, Cobra Snake Eyes origins. <laughs> uh, what we were talking about? I we mean, saw the trailer. The, uh, the Wolverine was very Japanese. It was very Japanese. Yeah, um, James Mangold I think did a pretty good job with like respecting Japan and trying to show it as a, a quote real place even in the context of a comic book world as opposed to a bunch of like like bringing back the Fast and Furious of uh, the third one Tokyo Drift when uh, old Bow Wow is Bow Wow yeah. right? he shows uh-huh. up to, to the dude's place and he's like come on in we got there's some sake and some sushi and if you, maybe <laughs> we've got an anime on the TV and maybe you could throw on a kimono and uh, make sure you take off your shoes Japan it's, Japan right? hey Japan huh <laughs> yeah it's um, it, representation's hard, man. Yeah. When when you're not the default, which is obviously white, right? Mm-hmm. Tons of movies where it's just white, 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 uh, and then you get the one Chinese movie with the, with that, and then the one Japanese movie with the with the, the Cobra Snake as origins, and uh, we were talking about how that one is, it looks terrible, mm-hmm. but then it's like to be honest, it's a ninja movie. Name name one good ninja movie, <laughs> right? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that are those the best? I mean, the, the wo- best one, the Wolverine, the Wolverine, sort, sort <laughs> of sort of a ninja movie. That one skews samurai a bit. Um, like I love the I early eighties. It, it, it's it also skews giant robot samurai. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? That was <laughs> that, wild. That's that was the Silver Samurai. And then it's like I'm draining your life for us, Logan. Is like, through your claws that I've just cut off. Yeah, yeah, that was not crazy. And they drills into him. Oh boy. Um, the uh, the early '80s ninja movies uh, featuring this guy Show Kasugi. Like, there's like uh, Pray for Death. What a, what an awesome title, Pray for Death. Come yeah. on. Um, Enter the Ninja. It's like a trilogy of movies. Enter the Ninja. Uh, they're cheesy as hell, obviously, but they're also canon movies, so mm-hmm. they're like really violent and super fun. And uh, I'm just hoping for like a, give me some fun ninjutsu. Give me some ridiculous action. It doesn't necessarily have to be quote good. Oh, you didn't like Ninja Assassin? Never saw it. Did I see it? 
<laughs> no, never saw it. Never saw that one because the, the reviews are so bad. The movie's very wet. <laughs> yeah, the, I remember the trailer. <laughs> I remember the trailer being wet. That's a James. That's a James McTeague. Uh, that's the movie he did after uh, V for Vendetta. And uh, Nathan Fenton was way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't think he did anything after Ninja Assassin. I think he went back to being a, a second unit director. Um, Ford Wachowski's probably up. Like, you guys need some, you ladies need some well, help. Can we, I make a movie or we are, work on we, Sense8? We are making the Matrix again. Again, <laughs> like, do you need a th- third unit director? <laughs> How many units you got going? Come on, 12. Like, can I be your 12th unit? <laughs> I will take orders from anyone. I made Ninja Assassin, it did not work out well. The uh, Shang-Chi, Megan Fox. Uh, oh, this is actually a very funny quote from Megan Fox. Where, where is it? She's talking to uh, In Style Magazine, I believe. Is who, yeah, so it's In Style. She's 35 years old, Megan Fox. Man, we're getting old. Mm-hmm. We're getting up there. She's 35. She says, um, I won't lie. I do want to find a Marvel or DC character that I was wanted to play and do one of those. People hate on you as an actor for that because it doesn't get you the big awards. I don't give a fuck. Give me an MTV award. I don't need a fucking BAFTA. <laughs> BAFTA being the British yeah. uh, version. Um, and then she spent some time talking about how, like, the biggest part of the story is about how um, after she did, like, Jonah Hex and stuff like that, uh, like, she was really feeling depressed. And Well, she, <clears throat> she had just made a bad movie. Well, she made a series of movies that <laughs> were poorly reviewed, right? And she didn't even see Jonah Hex because everyone was like, Jonah Hex is bad. Don't, don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't That's watch right. it. I mean, it's not... It, she wasn't the worst part of that movie. She wasn't the worst part, and the movie isn't that bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. And then she had, uh, uh, several years later, it came on TV, and she was like, actually, let me go ahead and give us a look. And she was like, people are harder on it than it needs to be. Uh, she didn't say that it was good. She just said that people were unnecessarily harsh on it. And then it also made her realize that she needs to think less about what other people think. And, and then also she's talking about the misogyny of Hollywood and stuff. <clears throat> it's a pretty good interview, actually, uh, with uh, in style. But we'll see if she pops up in a Marvel or DC. She was cast for uh, Wonder Woman, a TV show. They shot a pilot, didn't get picked up. Mm, and that was like eight years ago, nine years ago. It's a while ago. But there's pictures of her online dressed up in full Wonder Woman garb, like doing the, the run, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, speaking of women in comic book movies. Margot Robbie. Okay. All right. Kicking ass with the old... Um, the Harley Quinn Harley stuff. Quinn. Way more way more popular than I thought the character could ever be. Yeah. Right? Pretty wild. Well, that's what happens when you mix an okay character with Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exploded on the scene with goddamn um, Wolf of Wall Street. But she already done some Australian TV at that time by a couple of years. But she was only in her early 20s then. She's like 33. 30. We're getting old. She's already in her 30s now. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. <clears throat> she uh, is doing the Barbie movie. Okay. <laughs> she's going to play Barbie. And I think she's maybe even a producer on it. Like She's like, I'm, okay. I'm making this goddamn Barbie movie. Got, Interesting. She just got herself a director. Fucking Greta Gerwig. Okay. Who's going to direct it. Credit card works. Bar- what? This is gonna be a weird right. fucking movie. Okay, so we're going. Late. We're going. Lady Bird, Little Woman, Barbie. <laughs> that just that that tells you the kind of tone we were gonna be getting this with this be, movie. This is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be interesting. Greta Gerwig never really that interested in her as an actress. I always thought she was just fine. She does all the indie stuff like no. Noah Baumbach movies, but um, 
as a filmmaker, I'm in. The show's like a Barbie movie with Margot Robbie. Shit. Okay. Shit. Shit. I'll see, I'll see that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's going to be some sort of girl power message. Ugh. All these girls, a girl agenda. Why did Black, why come Black Widow can't be about a dude? Because Black Widow's a female character. I want to show me the Black Widower, bro. Black Widower. He doesn't exist. Speaking of the Black Widower, Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> Um, Paul Verhoeven hasn't made a movie in a minute, but he's got some stuff coming up actually. Um, where uh, it's got a movie called Benedetta that is debuting at the Cannes Film Festival, <clears throat> and he revealed in an interview that he has a couple other things that he's working on. Uh, Benedetta is about a 17th century nun who enters into a love affair with another nun. Duh, of course it's a Verhoeven yeah. movie, so it's about sexy 17th century nuns. <laughs> None lost. Um, speaking of variety, <laughs> yeah. speaking with variety, uh, he says I'm developing a couple of projects. One is an American movie, a spy thriller that's going to be set in Washington. Uh, side note, real quick, that's a lot of fun. He hasn't made a straight up like Hollywood movie since I think um, Hollow Man in like okay. 2000. He's made a few movies since then, uh, and some even like well reviewed ones, but not not any quote American movies. So it's kind of cool that Verhoeven's coming back. To the old Hollywood system. Um, and then he says, I'm also going to make a movie based on my book about Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about this? There's a guy where Paul Verhoeven at one point was a member of the Jesus Seminar. Okay. The Jesus Seminar was a group of uh, biblical, biblical scholars who uh, got, would get together to debate the historical accuracy of uh, Jesus, the stories of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Of all these biblical scholars that got together, Paul Verhoeven was the only one who actually didn't have a degree. Okay. He's like an amateur Jesus. Theology. Yes. He wrote a book called Jesus of Nazareth, which I now want to read. <laughs> and it's, uh, it tries to, it's like, what if, it's sort of almost a... Like how the it was a Greek book, The Last Temptation of Christ. It was mm-hmm. like, what if Jesus was more real, etc. It tries to like demystify these, despiritualize the whole thing in a way, and just be like, what if Jesus was like a guy caught up in a political movement, had some ideas, shit happened, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wants to turn that into a, a movie, mm-hmm. like, like Jesus the Man type of thing. There, there's a movie called The Man from Earth where an immortal caveman claims to be Jesus. I, I, I like this. Yeah. The Man from Earth. Uh-huh. Uh, available on. I don't know. On, research. on Disney Plus. No. Starring is it starring David Bowie? No. Is it uh uh from the eighties? Maybe. The man from Earth. The man who fell to Earth is a David Bowie. The man who sold the world is a David Bowie song. And the man who would be king. Oh, uh, right Connery. now on Hoopla Voodoo. You can watch it on Tubi. It's free on Tubi. The man. Man from Earth. The man from Earth. It's on Tubi. Mm-hmm. All right. That's your Drew Cogburn recommendation of the week. Yeah. An, an immortal caveman claims he tried to bring Buddhism to uh, the <laughs> Middle East, and we got Christianity instead. Which, which makes sense. <laughs> that honestly tracks. 
that mm-hmm. tracks. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we should be wrapping some of these stories up here. So, um, Matt Damon's movie, uh, Stillwater, uh, debuted at the Cannes Film Festival yeah. and received a five minute standing ovation. What? Now, caveat emptor. <clears throat> no, that's wrong. Caveat emptor. There we go. To all that enter here? Yes. Bar everywhere. <laughs> the Cannes Film Festival and Celeste Degrees other film festivals are kind of known for their extended. You're kicking my foot. Sorry. I'm kicking my toesies. Known for their extended um, ovations for movies that they like. Long, whoa, cheers and applause, standing ovations. And sometimes they last a long time. Uh, apparently, the Pan's Labyrinth standing ovation, either at Cannes or the Tribeca Film Festival, I think it was Cannes, uh, was reportedly like over 20 minutes long. I mean, that I get. It's a great movie. <laughs> what over 20 minutes of people standing and cheering on Bravo? And then yeah, just after starts about, dying down, I, someone after, cheers after, up. After about 30 seconds, and I'm leaving. After 30 seconds! Five minutes standing ovation for Stillwater. Um, Adam Driver, he's in this new movie, um, this new Leo Carax movie. Um, the guy who did Holy Motors. Okay. He has a, a musical coming out called Annette, but it's a love story. And it played at the Cannes Film Festival. That standing ovation was so long, Adam Dr- Driver lit a cigarette while it was happening and just yep. started smoking. It was like, mm-hmm. this is taking forever. I got to stand here and wait for these people. This to, is this. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And then the opposite happens where if the audience collectively doesn't like a movie they will do what's the booing version of an ovation they will boo the fuck out of a movie when it's done um god help you if you show up with a goddamn Darren Aronofsky's mother (laughs) (laughs) literal a literal wait a minute what literal (laughs) fights will break out between people Uh arguing but some boo and some cheering and they will get into it um the passion of cinema is alive and well um, so anyway, Stillwater got a first signs of like, hey, this movie might actually be quite good. Well, I mean, Mother's one of those movies, either you get it or you don't. Yeah, Mother is like, oh my God. You know, to be fair, I'm sure there's some people who like, quote, get Mother and still wouldn't like it because it is very weird and distinct. And, and violent. And, yeah, it doesn't sting. <laughs> it, it may just put off some people. I mean, the sight of like a baby being manhandled to death. Well, it's I mean, hard. That's a hard image to take. But it's a metaphor. It's a a metaphor. That's true. Not like the literal murder of a man that we saw in uh, Uh the recreation of of a murder of a man that we saw in Passion of the Christ. I mean, we we, we literally get to see Mother Earth get raped. So that's fun. (laughs) That's fun. You know, I recently actually thought about Mother. I was like, man, I kind of want to rewatch that. That's a really good movie. The um, let's get into some TV streaming stuff. Blade Runner, Colin Black Lotus is finally coming. Oh man! Yes. Okay. This cool. animated show that they announced like two years ago. Yeah, I've been I've been reading the Blade Runner comic book. Ooh, how are you enjoying that? It's all right. Where's what time period are we set in this? Oh, I forget. Is it like pre the first movie in the middle? No, it's, is it's, it it's, after twenty forty nine? It's in the middle. It's before in the middle. Twenty forty nine. In the middle. Okay, that's what. So that's what Black Lotus is. Black Lotus is in the middle. It's supposedly around the year twenty thirty two. And uh, we got some casting announcements for voice acting and uh, some notable names. Uh, uh, Jared Leto's character in... Uh, 2019, my bad. 2019, so that's straight up during the events of the first movie. Yeah, Blade Runner 2019. Okay, that's fun. Um, Jared Leto's character, his dad will be in the show, Neander Wallace Sr., and that's going to be the dulcet tones of Brian Cox. 
Okay. Yeah. Mm, I love Ace Cox. And then younger Wallace, Wallace Jr., is going to be Wes Bentley, which I feel like if you want Dime Store, Jared Leto, you definitely go Wes Bentley. Mm. 100%. Um, Josh Tuhamel is uh, playing a Blade Runner called Marlowe. And uh, goddamn legend Stephen Root, Jimmy James, the man so nice to name him twice, will be the LAPD police chief. Cool. Um, oh, and this is fun. Um, Barkad Abdi, he played uh, that guy Badger, that black market guy. He was like, this wood is from Vegas, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, it's like, what do you need? You need an elephant? I'll get you an elephant. I'll get you what you need. He, his character is going to be in this show. Nice. Uh, so he, he gets to come back for that. And other names I do not recognize. And then also, that's just for the English language version. They also hired a bunch of... Uh, Celebrities for all the language the ja- optimized. The, the Japanese version. Yeah, yeah, they also have the Japanese actors for all these roles. Because it is like 100% uh, Japanese produced show. Looking forward to it though. It's going to be dope. Speaking of shows, Let the Right One In is getting a Showtime series. Okay. And it's not a direct adaptation of the uh, the movies as we know it, or no. the book that the movies are based on. Mm-hmm. But we're getting the same thing with the kid vampire and the like the older guy who's mm-hmm. like the caretaker or whatever. So that's coming to Showtime. All the multiple caretakers throughout the decades and right? centuries. Exactly, yeah. So whatever version of that is happening, that we're going to get that version of the okay. show. And um, the dad, or the quote dad, the older figure, yeah. is going to be um, Damian Bashir. Okay. Who, he's always popping up in stuff here and there, which is a lot of fun. Every time I see him, the first time I saw... Th- you know that thing where... Yeah, you, you see someone for the first time in something, and then he pops up in something else. He's like, "Oh, it's that guy from that thing," and then he's just forever that guy from that thing. Yeah, like every time this guy pops up in something, like, "Oh, it's goddamn Fidel Castro." Look at that. Look at Fidel in this movie. No matter what it is, I was like, "Good for Fidel making a career out of a, out of that." He's a good actor, though. I like him. He's good. Uh, Lovecraft Country season two not happening. Okay. Um, HBO and showrunner Misha Green couldn't come to an agreement. Misha Green tweeted, um, uh, a little thing here. This is Misha Green on Twitter. A taste of the season two Bible. Wish we could have brought you Lovecraft Country colon supremacy. Thank you to everyone who watched and engaged. Hashtag no confederate. So what did she just? running through time with a robot arm killing fucking right? they, white people yeah I mean they said they, <laughs> so like season one it was based on the book and apparently like they followed most of the book the book is done they're out of quote story so season two they would have made up whatever they wanted to do but it does end with things like that where it's like yeah this is the possible where we could have gone so that would have been part of it and here's what she tweeted it's a map you see how this map is in four different colors here mm-hmm. um, so the green, the big green section, yeah. the tribal nations of the West. Okay, the, gotcha. That white sw- alternate American history, I like it. Yes, exactly. The white swath in the middle uh, is called the White Lands, mm-hmm. but that's not what you think it is. Mm-mm. That's a uh, zombies. Okay, or that area. Uh, most of the South there, that's all black like that. Uh, the New Negro Republic. Mm-hmm. So they freed themselves. Yep, and then uh, the essentially the New England area is the Jefferson uh, Jefferson Commonwealth. And then she says, uh, the, and this this is from the page of the book that she or the Bible, the showrunner Bible. Season two begins in a new world, and that new world is a country that sits precisely where the United States used to sit. Welcome to the sovereign states of America. So that's a, a taste. 
of what the show would have been about. Yeah. Not going to get it, though. Not happening. But she did sign a deal with Apple TV. And she's now working with Apple TV. So she's uh, out of the HBO game and the Apple TV game. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, oh, this is interesting. There is a um, Disney Plus um, short. Uh, Simpsons short. It's a Simpsons Loki crossover thing. Okay. And oh, I actually, I watched that. How'd you like it? It was all right. I figured it'd just be like, okay, right? Yeah. It's just okay. It's just okay. It's just Simpsons. It's modern Simpsons. Yeah. It's just okay. It, it's like... It's okay at best. Just good enough to exist, to continue existing. Mm. Al Jean has been working on the show in some capacity since the very beginning. And he revealed in an interview that Marvel had one, one cameo that they said you cannot have. They had the whole Marvel mm. library open to them. And the Simpsons, Algie was like, we want to do this one thing. And Marvel was like, no. Can you take a guess as to who that one character might be? No fucking idea. <coughs> Stanley. Okay. Because now, apparently, Marvel has a policy. Now that he's dead, no more cameos. They're not going to do any sort of hacky, cheesy hologram painting thing whatever yeah. let's force them into these things mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna like sort of like let them rest oh, what am that I, type of deal one, one of my favorites is when he was sitting in the spacesuit talking to the watchers yeah <laughs> he got to be what he got to meet the watchers and that's apparently a reshot of cameo that they shot something and then I, someone was like no you can't do this so mm-hmm. it was like I don't know he was sucking on a titty or something or I have no idea um all right, finally. So I teased it earlier. Here's our we have a sponsored segment. Uh, we've been hit up by uh, the government. They're bringing back the Dare program. So okay. this segment is brought to you by the uh, drug prevention Dr- use of a what's it? How's what's drug that? abuse resistance education? Guys, it's Dare time. Did you know that? Um, speaking of drugs are bad and okay. Speaking of Bruce Lee, uh, heavy drug user apparently. I mean, duh. No, well, not necessarily duh. Like, I knew that he smoked the marijuana, and he would get it from Steve McQueen. Uh, McQueen was a, a Daily Pot user, and he got uh, Bruce Lee really into weed, partly because Bruce Lee really idolized Steve McQueen and wanted well, to be just like him. Well, well, that, and, like, he, like you, you could tell that uh, Bruce Lee had a thirst for, like, the esoteric, and that usually leads to drug use. Yes. Um, well, he, uh, this is a weird story actually where a number of his letters that he wrote to this one guy got bought at a like flea market. You know, yeah. Thank you. At an auction. They were bought at an auction. They were uncovered somewhere and they were bought at an auction. Uh, and it's on like his letterhead and everything. It's been fully authenticated. These are his letters and he's writing to this guy. And a lot of the, the letters, the context of the letters are, I need, um, LSD. I need cocaine. I need marijuana. And I need psilocybin. I need all of these things. I need them all the time. And he thought that they were helping him with his Jeet Kune Do and they were getting him places, especially Coke. He, met, he really liked Coke. Well, duh. Right? And, <laughs> and, but then there was like a, one of the letters is him talking about how, uh, like, actually, I need to get off this stuff because I feel like now I've achieved what I can with the drug use, but now, like, it's not helping me anymore. So I need to get off it. And then like a few letters later, he's like, oh, I'm tra- I'm in the UK. I'm working in the UK for a while. How much Coke can you send me to the, <laughs> to the UK? 
so uh, yeah, fucking be, be be water, yeah. be like water. Uh-huh. Do all the drugs. Yeah, do all the drugs. I don't think that's be what water. I think that's what their program is about. Yes. And finally, uh, see, this is very funny. I don't know if you know this person. This is a reality TV person on HDTV. She had a show. Uh, what was it? Not Fixer Upper. Um, it was a show that she was doing with her husband, but then they got divorced, and now she's on her own. Okay. Um, but the show that she did with her husband was much more popular. This lady, her name's Christina. I can't nope. pronounce her last name. She's a rando uh, blonde lady. Um, but she's an HDTV star. Okay. And uh, her new show is Christina on the Coast. Uh, okay. Just, you know, she's getting uh, a home renovation type show. Right? Uh-huh. That's all she is. But she put up a post on Instagram talking about her new boyfriend and she was like i met josh when i was in, in a state of fear or fight or flight i had taken time off social meaning social media uh-huh. hired a spiritual coach okay and smoked a bufo toad so she went on a damn <laughs> <laughs> that's some dmt shit <laughs> uh parentheses basically reset my brain and kicked out years of anxiety in 15 minutes end quote yeah, you, you tripped your balls off and it changed your mind. Yeah, it changed yeah. your world. So, uh, and then she goes, I may be a bit crazy and I'm definitely not perfect, but I would never live my life based on other people's judgments or opinions, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Oh. Uh, but I think it's what it's hell to look at this lady who, uh, she's like designing some nice stuff and she's got a little kid and she's doing the show and then she's like, you got any of that bufo toe? I mean, you got any of that frog toxin? I mean, you know, like what, I mean, when she said, like, she reset her brain, I mean, that's when you do a, hardcore hallucinogen it's pretty much what you're doing it's like when the IT guy says have you turned it on and off yeah you know it's basically what you're doing have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again it's it's basically what you're doing yeah with your brain Uh, which I mean what if it doesn't turn back on again though too much Bufo Toad I guess so is that that what's going on Um, Christina Hack H-A-A-C-K Flipper Flop that's the name of the show I wanted to say Fixer Upper, but those are the other people. That's someone else. If you say so. You don't know Fixer Upper? That's the one with the, the, the South Korean lady or half Korean lady and the white dude. Uh, and they're in Waco, Texas. And now she has, like, they have their own TV network, magazine, gift store. <laughs> oh, well, good for them. Yeah. It's, so they franchised. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. Good for them. I hate people. Um, so that's your dare program, guys. Smoke a bufo toad. Um, Bruce reset, Lee, the reset drugs. your brain. Yeah, reset your brain. If Bruce Lee, the drugs, then it's good for you. Um, drugs, drugs are cool. In moderation. In moderation. Yeah, yeah. In moderation. <laughs> can, they, can they see this? Can they hear this? <laughs> I, don't think they, I don't think they can hear you winking. Guys, in moderation. Wink, 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 wink. No? Okay. Um, this is the end of the episode. Thank you, Drusa Cochran. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Uh, you are welcome, listeners, for episode 444 of Cinema Crest Pariso. Uh, we'll be back next week with 445. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's how that works. 445? <laughs> hey, guys, you ready for a 445? <laughs> I'm going to get you. Hey, it's you a 445 It's a 445. I can get you four McNuggets for five bucks. Hit me up, cinemacrestpariso.gmail.com. Put in your orders now. Four McNuggets, $5 each. I will send you four nuggets in the mail uh, with the breading chewed off. Gross. <laughs>
PFT Media Production.